0: This is the Intego Mac podcast, the voice of Mac security, for July 17th, 2020. Apple issues a slew of updates, APT29 aka Cozy Bear attacks are trying to steal vaccine information, and Twitter undergoes a serious security breach that leaves verified accounts offline. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Intego's chief security analyst, Josh
1: Long. Josh, when you're a grandfather, you'll be able to tell your grandchildren that you remember the great Twitter hack of 2020. (laughs)
2: I don't know if Twitter's going to be around by the time I have grandchildren. We'll see about that, I guess. That's an interesting possibility. Um, Where were you when you learned about the Twitter hack? Uh, Well... Probably not too surprisingly, I was sitting in front of my computer (laughs) And, (laughs) and, uh, well, so I, I subscribe or I get push notifications about certain, uh, whenever a certain Twitter accounts post something. And so, um, one of the accounts that I was following happened to, to say something about this big hack. And, uh, so that was, I think when I first got alerted to it and of course, yeah, then, then I started following it a lot more closely.
1: Okay, we're going to talk about it in a few minutes. But first, it was the week of Apple updates yet again. I mean, we've we've done this so many times, um, but I think it's always useful to remind people um, things are updated. Here's what's updated. Um, Here's why. Um, Is it everything? Catalina, Mm -hmm. iOS, iPadOS, watchOS, tvOS, Safari, HomePod OS?
2: Uh, It doesn't look like they released a HomePod OS security update anyway. Uh, maybe time. not security update, but there was an update. Yeah. Um, so that basically, yeah, the, uh, just about everything that can get a security update got a security update yesterday uh, as, as we're recording this. So Wednesday. Uh, and so iOS uh, 13.6 and iPadOS 13.6 came out, um, which, of course, whenever they release that kind of an update where it's a point something as opposed to a point Something point something um, that usually means that there's some additional features and so forth that comes along with it um, but this was also a security update um, uh, across the line there were a lot of WebKit vulnerabilities WebKit is the uh, basically web page rendering engine that that is part of all of these Apple operating systems. It's what drives Safari and actually a whole bunch of other parts of the interface um, in these operating systems. Um, So there's a bunch of WebKit vulnerabilities that were fixed. There were a couple of interesting ones related to audio. Um, And then this also includes Apple Watch got uh, these updates too. It says, uh, the impact is processing a maliciously crafted audio file may lead to arbitrary code execution this maliciously crafted file type issue um, basically means that somebody has found a way to uh, potentially infect a device by creating a certain file that will be interpreted in such a way that it will cause a a condition that will cause either a crash or um, potentially to be able to execute code of the attacker's choice which is the way that a lot of these uh, jailbreaks and those kind of things happen is often with that type of attack.
1: Ah, I wonder if this is what allowed um, 13.5 to be jailbroken, perhaps.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it was an audio related one, but certainly this type of vulnerability can be used that way. So it's very interesting to see when Apple um, patches that that type of issue. But it, long story short, there's a whole bunch of security issues across all of these operating systems that have been patched. So make sure
1: to update as soon as you can. And as you said, when it's a dot release, there are new features and there are a couple of new features here. One of them is the car key feature that allows you to use your iPhone or Apple Watch to unlock certain types of cars. Uh, they're not really the kind of cars that I can afford. Uh, they're all BMWs. Um, there's also a new setting in Software Update where you can customize automatic updates. You can have iOS updates downloaded automatically or in- downloaded and installed, but you could have them downloaded and not installed, whereas before it was just, it would download and install. Um, What's the advantage? If you don't really pay attention to the news, or if you don't hear on this podcast, there's an update to know to check, you'll maybe get an update a little sooner than when you get the notification from your device. I, I think for most people, it's either you pay attention and you update immediately, or you don't get around to it until you're told to do it. So maybe this will make it a little bit better. It only downloads on Wi-Fi, so it's not going to use up your cellular data. In other news, US-UK-Canada cybersecurity agencies release advisory about APT29. APT29. That doesn't say a lot to me, but you put in the show notes, um, Cozy Bear. Um, cozy Bear, that sounds pretty neat. Apparently, Russian attacks on coronavirus vaccine development. I mean, seriously, guys, come on. This is like a worldwide pandemic and there's hackers trying to disrupt it?
2: Yeah, APT29 uh, or or Cozy Bear APT by the way stands for Advanced Persistent Threat. So basically what what this means is that there's some threat actor and, uh, most of the time, uh, security agencies, um, whether governmental organizations or, uh, or, or companies that deal in, you know, malware analysis and all this, they, they often don't really like to directly come out and say, well, it's the government of this country that is involved with this attack. They usually like to say, oh, well, it's this threat actor. And so they give them names like APT 29 or Cozy Bear. Um, but yeah. Uh, Basically, most people think that Cozy Bear has ties to the Russian government, which, which is kind of interesting. And so there's a spear phishing and custom malware campaign that is being called Well Mess instead of Wellness. Ha ha. I guess I guess the, the people who came up with this think that that's really funny and clever, but um, Wellmess uh, malware is not known to be available for the Mac yet at this point. It looks like it's mostly um, uh, Windows malware, but um, we're definitely keeping an eye on this and we'll certainly make sure that we protect our users if there is any Mac malware that ends up being associated with this campaign.
1: Okay, so the great Twitter hack. Um, for me, it was 9, 10 in the evening when I saw someone retweeting or, or tweeting a screenshot of Elon Musk's Twitter account, which was talking about, I don't remember the exact words, if you send me $1,000 in Bitcoin to this account, I'll send you back 2000 Obviously, you know, I've always believed in the sacrosanct rule, tanstoffel. You know what that means, right? There ain't no such thing as a free lunch. Got it. Okay. Um, and then this was followed by other accounts, Bill Gates, Barack Obama, Apple. That was the real surprising one, Uber. And then everyone was like, okay, it wasn't just Elon Musk whose account got hacked. It wasn't Elon Musk drunk tweeting again. Um, this was a serious attack. And my first thought is, okay, Elon Musk, password cracked or something. But when it was Apple, I knew it wasn't a password, it wasn't two factor authentication. And that's when it started, that's when I started realizing something serious was going on. Then Joe Biden. And so very quickly, this escalated. One of the things I think is interesting about
2: this is that a, a lot of people probably don't know that Apple does have a verified Twitter account at Apple. And, uh, if you go to their Twitter page, you'll see that it says at Apple hasn't tweeted. Of course, they, they actually have done promoted tweets, but they don't show up in the main, their main timeline. But it, it's, there actually was a tweet that showed up here that was put up by a scammer, uh, by somebody who got control of Apple's account. Um, so a lot of times when there are issues like this, there have been issues in the past where people have been able to spoof the phone that somebody had associated with their Twitter account, and then they used that to send a tweet to the, uh, from that account. Um, and that's not the case here. Also, there have been issues in the past where people's passwords have gotten out uh, through some password leak. And then if you didn't have two-factor authentication
1: on your account, then somebody could log into your account and tweet from your account. Right. But all these were big accounts with millions of followers. Um, And that's why when I saw Elon Musk, I thought, okay, it's Elon Musk again. But when you started seeing some of the others, it's clear that there couldn't be a concerted attack on passwords, on phone spoofing, Or on some sort of way to work around two factor authentication. Exactly. Right. That's, that's
2: what made this such a big deal was this was clearly something beyond all of those normal things that you might expect because all of these like really big, you know, millions of followers, Twitter accounts, uh, were all tweeting roughly the same thing at roughly the same time. Um, you know, clearly there was a big hack that was going on here.
1: Yet one of the big Twitter accounts was not affected. Oh yeah? Which one are you referring to? Donald Trump. Oh. (laughs) Um, Now I think we have to assume that the Trump account has an, an extra layer of protection. Uh, I believe it was back in late 2017 that some disgruntled Twitter employee managed to disable the account for a few hours. Mm. Um, So given the importance of his account, uh, I would think that that's something that only a handful of people can control. Um, but we're going to link to an article on vice.com. And we've got a screenshot of the control panel, which apparently was accessed by hackers. So they didn't hack into Twitter. from From what we understand, and this is – you know, it's less than 24 hours ago. Um, Twitter initially announced, relatively quickly, by the way, um, that this was a result of social engineering. There are suggestions that some Twitter employee or employees were bribed to provide access. I don't know if we'll ever hear about that, if they'll ever actually tell us if that's the case. It's worth noting that most, if not all, Twitter employees are working from home now. Um, so you kind of wonder if maybe someone got a man-in-the-middle attack. Um, to access this stuff.
2: Yeah, clearly, though there there was some level of access that these attackers got to, uh, basically the Twitter administration panel at, or or administration tools. So that that's what's interesting about this. So you would kind of expect that if even if you're a Twitter employee, there shouldn't be a way for you to be able to tweet from somebody else's account, especially a verified account. Right. And, and and that's what's kind of weird about one of the many things that's really strange about this whole thing is that uh, should Twitter admins even have the ability to tweet from someone else's account? That seems like that shouldn't even be possible at all.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. And so in the screenshot, you can see if the account has uh, been suspended, permanently suspended, protected, etc. Uh, I would think that a Twitter administrator has those abilities. They can suspend an account. They can maybe reset a password. They can do that sort of thing. Or they could delete tweets, obviously, but they shouldn't be able to actually tweet, uh, on someone's account. Right. That's,
2: that's one of the things that's very strange to me about this whole thing. Um, and in fact, the screenshot of the panel that we see, uh, in, in the, in the vice article doesn't, Really show anything about the ability for a Twitter admin to tweet from somebody else's account?
1: Well, okay, so a Twitter admin could perhaps change the email address on an account, and then the hackers could um, have a password reset email sent to a new email address. That's a possibility. Perhaps,
2: yeah, that, that's, that could be.
1: And they would have had to do this all because these tweets all came out in a very short period of time. So they would have had to do this relatively quickly um, in terms of, I don't know, let's say get it done in an hour to be able to access all these accounts before the account holders found that they couldn't access the accounts anymore. Right, well, and
2: that's one of the interesting things about this is it does seem to be most likely a coordinated effort between multiple parties. It probably wasn't just... One kid, you know, (laughs) sitting in front of his computer that was doing all this at once because there was so much that happened in such a short time frame that it it seems uh, very likely that there were many people involved with this attack.
1: Okay, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll have more about the great Twitter hack of 2020.
0: You already know that Intego loves Macs. After all, Intego has been making world-class Mac security software since 1997. But did you know that Intego Antivirus is also available for Microsoft Windows? If you've got Windows running on your Mac, either in Boot Camp or in a virtual machine like Parallels, VMware, or VirtualBox, make sure to protect it from malware just like you protect macOS with Intego Security Software. Intego Antivirus for Windows is also a great solution for your friends and family members with Windows PCs. Download a free trial of Intego Antivirus for Windows today. And when you're ready to buy, use the link in the show notes for a special discount. Don't use Windows? Don't worry. We've still got a great deal for you. First-time buyers of Mac Premium Bundle X9 can get Intego's powerful Mac security and utility suite at an incredible 40% savings by using coupon code PODCAST20 at checkout. Intego, makers of the best protection software for Mac and now for Windows, too.
1: Okay, so just before the break, you said it wasn't just one script kitty or one kid. And in fact, these were... So so we talked about accounts like like Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Bill Gates, and Apple, but there were also a number of Cryptocurrency accounts are these cryptocurrency exchanges that were targeted. Um, yeah, a lot of
2: accounts related to to cryptocurrency that, and that was interestingly enough, one of the tweets that I saw about this when this whole thing first started was uh, somebody who was saying, "Oh, look, all these cryptocurrency related accounts are are tweeting this scam," and. Uh, And and this was before, you know, that person had noticed that, oh, yeah, also Elon Musk and a lot of these other uh, accounts that are not directly related to cryptocurrency uh, were also hacked. Um, So that's that is, I guess, not too surprising. Um, First of all, I guess we should back up and say that it is a very common scam on Twitter that uh, high profile individuals Um, especially people who uh, occasionally do tweet about cryptocurrency. A lot of times people will create a fake account um, and sometimes they'll even uh, copy the same image, profile image that they've got and use a name that's very similar. Um, And what they do is... Uh, They'll reply to a tweet from one of these public figures, and then they'll put up this almost exactly word for word, the same type of scam text and say, oh, if, you know, if you uh send a thousand bitcoin in, or a thousand dollars worth of bitcoin to this bitcoin address, then I'll double it and you know give you twice as much back. Um and this this happens a lot with with very high profile people who tend to tweet about cryptocurrency. So um so it wasn't terribly surprising to see that all these cryptocurrency related accounts were being targeted. Um, what was interesting though was That it wasn't just those, it was also all of these other uh, accounts of people who typically
1: don't really have anything to do with cryptocurrency. But who have millions of followers. I mean, one ex-president, Barack Obama, two presidential candidates, Joe Biden and Kanye West. These are people with lots of followers yeah it, that's
2: absolutely true well and and also a lot of big companies too uh we mentioned apple uber was was another one of these accounts that uh that had their account taken over. Um, so there's, there's a lot going on here all at the same time, a lot of accounts that are all tweeting basically the same thing. Um, it turned out by the way, uh, because Bitcoin is a public record, you know, there's a blockchain and all that. So you, you can actually look up this Bitcoin address and see exactly how much
1: money the attacker made. Um, and yeah, they made about a hundred thousand dollars, which Frankly, we, we were talking before the show. I said they only made $100,000. And you're like, well, that's a lot. But if, if I had, I'm just trying to think, if I had access to every Twitter account of, you know, literally hundreds of millions of followers, that, that sounds like small potatoes. So I'm wondering if there's another reason for this hack, if the cryptocurrency thing was a smokescreen. Um, Because if they got access to the accounts, did they get access to the direct messages on these accounts? Do we know if Twitter's direct messages are end-to-end encrypted and stored encrypted on Twitter? Well, here's the thing. I think that
2: if you have access to somebody's account, if you can actually log into their account as that user – you would be able to see their direct messages. So it doesn't really matter how those direct
1: messages are stored. If you've got access to their account, you can see their DMs. Okay. So that's an interesting point. So could this have been – see, if I was doing this just to get direct messages, I wouldn't have made noise, right? I would have done it surreptitiously. I wouldn't have told anyone. Um, I would have got the direct messages and then gone away quietly.
2: Well, but, but like you say, though, that may have been the whole thing is maybe they were doing this just so that to, to sort of not raise suspicion that accounts were being hacked to look at direct messages. Um, may, maybe, maybe they knew that Twitter would realize that accounts had been breached and they were using this as a way to sort of cover up the fact that they were also looking at direct messages.
1: Let's think about this. Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, other um, CEOs, um, presidential candidates, um, some celebrities. There could be a lot of stuff in direct messages. So my takeaway from this is don't use Twitter for direct messages. Would that be a good? <laughs> yeah, that's certainly one takeaway. I, I,
2: what I usually tell people is, um, you know, treat Twitter, just like you would uh, a postcard, just like you would, hopefully you'd treat email (laughs) because uh, email is not inherently secure. Twitter direct messages aren't really inherently secure Um, because, again, if anyone
1: accesses your account, they can see your entire direct message history. Okay. So the problem here is that someone through an admin control panel accessed a lot of accounts could the same thing happen with .Mac, Signal, or other messaging platforms? WhatsApp? Do we know if, say, Apple has a uh, an iCloud? I said .Mac. I- that shows my age. Do we know if Apple has a control panel for iCloud where they can see all the accounts where potentially they could change the email addresses, reset passwords to allow hackers to get in?
2: Well, I don't think we have all the answers uh, as far as like what Apple has access to behind the scenes. There's certain things that we know, there's but there's a lot of things that I think we don't know. Um, I think that if... Uh, some of those things that you mentioned, I think if Apple had access to do some of those things, or if if Apple employees had access to do those things, um, we probably would know about it, I think. Um, but, uh, that's not to say that certain, uh, accounts with very high levels of access, you know, may not be able to do some of those things. um, I guess and, and when it comes to signal, so signal is the platform that I usually recommend to people if you want to send secure messages that's the most secure platform um, because they're they're doing all the right things with encryption and there is no employee at signal who can access any of your messages um, and so that's one of the really important things to know here is if if you want to send private communications, you really need to be using a system that is set up specifically for end-to-end encryption and privacy, and where that's the primary goal of the platform.
1: Right. And with Twitter, direct messages are sort of grafted on to a system of just exchanging texts.
2: Well, yeah. Originally, Twitter, remember, was uh, just a public messaging system and you know, limited to 140 characters. And people started out with with just sending text messages. That's the whole reason for that 140-character limit, um, right. was because you would send a text message
1: and that would get posted to your Twitter account. So one thing that this highlights is, uh, we were talking about before the show what the verified um, blue check on a Twitter account means. I've got a verified account. You don't. You've got twice as many followers as me. Verified doesn't mean that what is being tweeted is honest or true or factual. All it means is that the person owning the account has been verified to be that person. So Apple, they've provided some proof to Twitter that they are Apple the company tweeting under Apple's name. Jeff Bezos has provided proof to Twitter that it's really Jeff Bezos running his account. Um, people tend to assume that verified means something more than that, that it means that, well, this is a true account. Uh, I could name some politicians whose accounts regularly tweet lies, um, to disprove that idea.
2: <laughs> right.
1: Well, that's,
2: that's a really interesting point. So, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why verified accounts were targeted. Um, yes, partly it's because they have a lot of followers typically, but, uh, the other thing is, that there's some sort of like subconscious thing that we have. Like there's a psychological thing about seeing that check mark. Um, it makes people let down their guard, I think a little bit more than they would otherwise. Um, because, you know, if if you saw an account that claimed to be say Joe Biden or whoever it might be, that uh, was tweeting about some, you know, cryptocurrency thing, um, if it didn't have that check mark, It would be a lot more suspicious. I think there would be a lot more people that would immediately go, oh, that's a
1: scam. Well, not even if it's cryptocurrency, just tweeting about anything, because anyone can make an account with some kind of handle that you might not see, depending on how you're seeing Twitter, but could have the name Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk and could copy his profile picture. Um, I have a Twitter account for my cat's. So it's not really my cats that are typing on those things. They're not really? verified. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's interesting that, um, the whole verification thing was meant to, provide assurance that what we're seeing is coming from the right person, but people misinterpret it. Now, what happened yesterday was was quite interesting because um, people well, – I was seeing in my Twitter feed, and I was watching this like closely um, because I was thinking, oh, we've got a podcast tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I was seeing people in my Twitter feed suggesting they've just got to turn Twitter off. And what they actually did is they have a kill switch to turn off verified accounts or at least to prevent verified accounts from tweeting. Um, verified accounts could retweet, but they couldn't send any new tweets. So that effectively blocked this whole scam, this whole hack, until they could sort it out. And it lasted about two, three hours, I think, before they turned it back on.
2: Right. That is sort of a, an interesting thing. And they only used this kill switch for these for verified accounts. They didn't do this right. globally for everybody, which is also another sort of interesting aspect to this. So does that well, mean-
1: Well, no, no, because they're assuming that the people with a lot of followers are definitely verified- Mm-hmm. So what they've done is they've blocked every big account with tons of followers. And there may be people who aren't verified who have 30 or 50 or 100,000 followers, but there's no one in the millions, I really doubt. Um, so this way, they protected all the accounts of the most important users. I, I was thinking um, afterwards, they really need to make a super verified account level. So like, I'm verified for specific reasons, but I don't have millions of followers. Maybe the people above a million followers or even above a couple hundred thousand should be put in another bin um, and be treated especially with extra protection. Well, Mike, you were speculating maybe
2: Donald Trump's account, for example, uh, might be an account that has some additional level of protection. And maybe that's why that account wasn't used for for this attack.
1: Yeah, Um, I I find it, you know, we've talked about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, and I still think it's a pyramid scheme or a Ponzi <laughs> scheme. Um, but what I find interesting is that if you look at Jack Dorsey's Twitter account, his entire mm-hmm. profile just says hashtag Bitcoin. Um, it's hard to think that it's hard to reconcile the fact that someone who's so pro-Bitcoin is running this platform and that you get these Bitcoin scams. I'm not saying that he has anything to do with this. He's, he often tweets about Square, which is a payment processing company that he owns. And he often tweets about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency as well, which means that as a CEO, his loyalties are divided. Um, again, it's not his fault for this scam, but Twitter does seem to sort of attract this kind of stuff. Well, and I, I think what's
2: really interesting is what. Uh, first of all, there's going to be more detail that Twitter will have to provide, and they they've said as much that they're going to release a lot more details about what happened once they've uh, sort of finished reviewing all of the evidence and data that they've got. Um, so we'll, we'll get more information about this, but I guess what what I really want to see is what what's going to ultimately happen with Twitter as a platform. Um, is this is this even going to make a dent in Twitter? It, are people still going to stay on the platform and trust it just as much as they always have? These sort of things have happened before, maybe not quite to this level. But at the same time, if you weren't on Twitter yesterday, you probably didn't even notice that this happened.
1: No, but it was on the news. It was one of the top stories on the BBC this morning. Yeah. Um, I, I think if I were running a business, I would Think very carefully now about my future on Twitter, um, knowing that this sort of thing is possible, um, because this happened. The stock market was still open. Imagine someone tweets on the Apple account, we are very sorry to in the passing of Tim Cook, and the stock plummets, and someone's been shorting it. And then when they issue a denial, well, someone buys at the dip and makes you know money going up and money going down. Um, Imagine if Joe Biden's account said that he was dropping out of the race. Now, that's a bit less. I mean, that can be walked back afterwards. You know, it doesn't have the effect of stock market. But imagine, you know, the Chinese and the Indians on the border um, having military disagreements. If someone tweets something, that's not very good. I mean, people take Twitter, they take the immediacy of Twitter very seriously. They think what they see is what's happening and it might not be the case. Yeah, that that's definitely
2: a, a major consideration, and, and and something that is worth reminding our listeners too, that you can't necessarily take anything that you read online at face value. You need to consider the source. You need to uh, to you know fact check as much as as it's possible to do that, and don't uh, make any immediate judgments based on something that you read, especially on a social media platform. Um, it's always good to double check the facts.
1: Okay. That's enough for this week, Josh. um, We'll be back next week. I hope we'll know more about this Twitter hack next week, and we'll be able to uh, maybe discuss more about how it actually happened. Until then, stay secure. All right. Stay secure.
0: Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to subscribe in Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. And...